You are listening to the Revive the World Ministries podcast. We hope this message encourages you to be all God created you to be so that you can impact the world around you with the love and power of God. For more information about us, you can visit our website at revivetheworld.org or visit us in person each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. We hope to connect with you soon. speaking today and I'm glad to get to hear one of my favorite people speak. Now, just prepare your heart as, uh, as Sarah comes, if you would, just welcome her. Good morning. Hi again. Doing all the things today, which I love. <laughs> Got a lot of people doing Family Christmas stuff, looks like people away doing life with the family. But we know that that's worship to the Lord, right? <laughs> I love it. Um, I like participation. So um, this morning, thank you so much. Um, I want you guys to know that you're free to be you. And when I say you, I'm talking about the proper you. Now, the proper you does not look proper all the time. The proper you that I'm referring to is the one that, that, you, that you become acquainted with in the innermost being in the innermost depths of your being. The you, the proper you that I'm talking about and that I'm talking to this morning is the you that was made in the very image of God, is the you that was placed and intricately woven into your mother's womb with purpose and power from on high. The you that's intricately intertwined with the anointed one, Jesus. That proper you. And the cool thing about the proper you, which is funny that I use that language, because um, as we learn to recognize the you that Jesus talks to every time when he speaks to us, the you that the Father sees every time he looks at us. We realize that proper, what we know to be proper, looks differently in heaven. What we know to look um, put together, what we believe that righteous behavior looks like, looks differently in heaven. And we get our best, our best view of that and what that looks like as we look at Jesus. I don't know about you, but when I follow the life of Jesus, I don't see a proper man. I 
I don't see a cultural man. <laughs> I don't see a political man. And yet he is the God of justice. And yet he is the God of authority. And yet he is, he came as a lamb, but he was a king. But they weren't looking for a lamb. They were looking for a warrior, but they just didn't realize that he was a, lo- he was a warrior, but he fought with weapons that they did not know of. He carried the weapon of love. It's not just something he held in his hand, it's something that he is in his being. He was the weapon of love that heaven sent. So this morning I want to talk to you, and not just the you, the persona of you, the personality, the thing that was, um, has been shaped and molded by your experiences and all of that. I'm talking to the you, the spirit that's inside of you, the one that was breathed from the very breath of the Father out of his heart from love, for love, to be love, and to be loved. I'm talking to you this morning. And this morning, I want to say to you, wake up, oh sleeper. It's, it's pretty appropriate for the morning, huh? Wake up, oh sleeper. Arise and shine. Arise and shine. The light has come. Wake up. Makes you want to sit up a little bit taller, huh? Right now in this moment, can we just become aware and just take a deep breath in and become aware in our innermost being, not out of the emotions of our heart, not out of the, the, the knowledge in the understanding of our mind, but in our innermost being, in the spirit of who we are that's intertwined with the spirit of the Holy One. Wave at me if you have the Holy Spirit. Hey! Can we just take a second and say, hey, to the Holy Spirit this morning inside of us. Hey! We're one. (laughs) we're one I'm one with the Holy Spirit right now I'm one you know I heard a story and I think it's beautiful it's a beautiful analogy when you have if you had a dove on your shoulder people say how do you walk in this how do you how do you live from your spirit how do you wake up being fully submerged you know, the, you know the, the little analogy that they do where you get the Holy Spirit and it's in there, but then you get submerged with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. How do we wake up submerged? Because the truth is we never came out of the water. The truth is we're completely just drowning and drenched in the love of the Father and the unity and the oneness because of our salvation, Right? So how is it, how do we wake, how is it that we wake up in the morning and, and we're, we're, we don't feel drenched? How is it, how can we wake up? People ask me, how do you wake up and walk from your spirit and live from your spirit? And I heard a beautiful analogy that really speaks to my experience and what the Bible um, has shown me to be true. 
that if I had a dove sitting on my shoulder and the, the highest priority of my life was to make sure that the dove rested. You know, the Holy Spirit is inside us for me and it's upon us for you, for one another. He comes upon me as the Holy Spirit is upon me right now. The Holy Spirit comes upon us. It gives us revelation. It teaches us. The Holy Spirit brings us, teaches, walks us, and leads us into all truth, right? So the Holy Spirit upon me. If I, if I want to fulfill my purpose in the earth, we all have a greater purpose in the earth. There's a greater purpose. Yes, salvation, get it, got it, I'm going to heaven. That's going to be the highlight, Right? Heaven's going to be the highlight. i got to spend all eternity with him. I think sometimes we forget that, that that's where we're going. We're going to spend eternity with him, but we get to start now. We get to start now. And there we will not have the, what, what binds us to this humanity, this body that we have now, and the things that come with that, because heaven is perfect. Heaven is not fallen. Heaven is perfect. But now we get this beautiful, unique opportunity on this side of heaven to start that eternal relationship with him now. Where we get to, in our innermost being, discover what heaven will be, be like and actually um, and discover and open our hearts up and open this realm that we live in and open this, this understanding that we have up to the realities of heaven because it's inside of us because he's inside of us. There's a kingdom in me. There's not just a person. There's a kingdom in me. There is a kingdom in me. So when I walk, the kingdom that I carry has authority and power where I go. The Holy Spirit is upon me, and the kingdom that I carry is released when the Holy Spirit is upon me. So if I, my highest priority when I wake up, when I go to sleep, as I'm dreaming, as I go to work, as I live my life, when I'm with my children, when, I, when I'm with my friends, when I'm eating when I'm doing the mundane of life, and my highest priority is to never let the dove leave. Everything that I will do will have the dove in mind. Everything that I do, how fast I walk, how slow I walk, what, how I move, how I breathe, how I respond, where I go, it will have the dove in mind. And after a while, you even forget that it started. I don't want, I, 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 I'm, I'm paying attention to the dove. After a while, you just start moving as the dove moves. After a while, you just, it's not just a habit. It's not just a tool. It's not just a chore. It's not just um, something that we memorize and do. It's not something that we work up. All of a sudden, I realized that the dove was never meant to just be an outside thing, that we were actually meant to move together. And actually, the dove, the Holy Spirit, if you got my analogy here, the Holy Spirit is actually the, the mirror. The Holy Spirit is actually the teacher and the leader, but in that unity, in that oneness, he's the Holy Spirit is actually leading me into who I am. Not only is he leading me into all truth, the truth is what he's leading me to is who I've always been. Wow. 
What if we just believed what the Bible said? (laughs) You know, what if I just chose to believe that, like, I'm one with the Holy Spirit. And what the Holy Spirit desires, those are now my desires. And the dream that God had in his heart for me is now the dreams of my heart, and I delight in them. Because I have a belief system and a foundation now that I stand on when I go to sleep, when I wake up, that he is good, he is for me, that I am his, that I am loved, and that he loves me. So his plans for me are good, so I will trust him and I will obey him even if it doesn't feel good. Even if my circumstances don't look like what I hoped they would. Because I believe that he's good, he's for me, he loves me, and I'm loved. And I'm, I'm just a loud talker. I'm a loud talker because on the inside of me, if you could see my spirit, you'd be scared. Because I'm filled with the delight I'm filled with the delight and and the joy, the kind of joy where I tell my kids, these are happy tears, the kind of joy that brings you into this beautiful place of holy sorrow where you remember who he really is and that I get to carry him with me. I get to be in covenant with this. (laughs) This morning as I was coming to the church, I hit a a four-way stop where the the lights were all red. All the lights were red. You know, they're flashing. And I pulled up. And I said, God, what are you trying to say? And he said, this isn't just caution. This is a full stop. This is a full stop. It's a full stop, honey. You don't just cautionly approach and just keep on going and hope for the best. This is a full stop, honey. And I was reminded of the verse that I've been feasting on. In Psalms 46.10, that says, Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. He's been talking to me about stillness and how to find him in the stillness. We've become a culture, and I am... uh, have been a part of that to where we are hungry we are hungry there is an insatiable hunger for speed for activity for distraction there is a hunger for it we hunger and we thirst for it Nothing brings more, brings more irritation to our life than a day filled with nothing. 
And I am somebody who loves to lounge. I like lounging. I like canceled plans. I like to go do stuff. I do. I like to lounge. I like people to come and bring me snacks and just lounge with me. My quality time, love language, involves lounging and me and my husband touching fingers because he's not a touch person, but he lets me. And, um, and we lounge and we snack and we watch TV. I like to lounge. What I don't like is nothing. I do not like stillness. I do not like, you know, stillness. We don't like it. We don't like it. He's in the stillness. We pray for it, but we don't like it. We pray for peace, calm, peace, be still. But when that same thing that is causing me chaos can cause me comfort, I'm okay with it. The Lord told me, if you would prioritize, if you would prioritize the call as you've prioritized your comfort, we could really get something done. If you would prioritize the call as you've prioritized your comfort, I will fit you through the eye of a needle. I don't even know what that means. I know there's a Bible verse about it. I will position you and, and position it a way that you'll fit through the eye of a needle. That's some like King James type of stuff. That's some like, you know, angels showed up and told you that. That's some deep stuff. There's something in the stillness. There's something heavenly in the still. He's found in the stillness. It's a full stop, honey. In my spirit, I've received that word today for the bride. It's a full stop. The things in my life that I've prioritized that are comfortable over prioritizing what he's asked of me, it's a full stop. It's not just a, at this time, it's okay. At this time, I'll feast on it and it will feed me. It's a full stop. And this morning in worship, I, I, I felt, I was experienced God showing up as deliverance. And that word is scary to a lot of people who have been scared uh, to death by it. <laughs> um, and pe there's all kinds of ways that we've seen deliverance and some of it's God, some of it isn't. Who knows? I don't know. But deliverance is freedom. Deliverance is the breakthrough that I'm looking for showing up. Deliverance is free, set free from every other voice outside of love. And I, I, what, I heard, what I was experiencing, the Lord coming as deliverance, and what I heard him say, I was like, oh boy. And what I heard him say was, I'm going to deliver people today 
through love. I'm showing up to deliver people from, exact, from the very things that they know they need delivered of, and I'm going to do it through love. I'm going to do it, and I'm going to do it through love. And for some reason, I just, just hear the, just kind of the, the giggle of the Holy Spirit. For some reason, people don't think that that's real. For some reason, people don't think I can do that. For some reason, people don't think love is as powerful as fear. <laughs> but it is. <laughs> so, let's buckle up for that. God's going after things of the mind. I've been experiencing lately chaos, chaotic thoughts, hard to focus, hard to, hard to focus in on one task, hard to, um, hard to pull everything together in, in my thoughts. I've been experiencing that. And, um, and I, so I've been bringing that to the Lord. What's going on? What's going on? And this is a part of that. What he's intricately doing in me right now, it's not always like that. But what he's intricately doing and teaching in me now, I believe that this specific thing he's doing in the body of Christ. That he's bringing us back to the stillness. You know the thing about that verse? Be still and know that I'm God. Listen, when, there's, when, we're, when we're needing stillness, when we're needing peace, right? Peace be still. When we're needing peace in our life, it's probably because there's like destruction happening. It's probably because there's like chaos going on and we need peace. We need the stillness. We like it when it works for us. When the thing that we've become friends with, the thing that we've um, allowed to comfort us, um, all of a sudden is getting a little too big for its britches and it's starting to inconvenience me now. I'm actually starting to feel panicked. I'm actually starting to feel anxiety. I'm actually starting to feel chaos and can't, can't get my thoughts together. It's actually, um, it's, it's showing up in a way that doesn't work for my life anymore. <laughs> and in the stillness, when we ask for stillness, it's normally um, to come up in opposition between, with chaos. And in that stillness, when the peace comes and the stillness comes, there is going to be opposition to the belief. There is going to be opposition to that peace in your life. There's going to be, whenever there is a truth, whenever there is a truth laid down where God's like, all right, this is the time I'm inviting you in to this truth. I'm inviting you into it to walk with it with me. We're going to walk it out together. There is going to be opposition against that truth where we get the opportunity to walk in it regardless of what we see in our lives. What I think with my natural mind is if I've asked the Lord to deliver me from anxiety, if I've asked the Lord to show up and take this away and he said, I'm going to give you peace, I want to see the stillness there and I want to feel no more fear. 
I want all fear to get out of my life. See, there's a difference between feeling fear and being controlled by fear. When fear controls my behavior, my actions, where I go, if I go, if I stay, then fear controls my life, and that is my master. Listen, guys, I'm normally, like, super chill, but this is, like, the Holy Spirit is serious about this. The Holy Spirit is tired of seeing his bride sitting inside of a cage with the door open. The enemy is coming to attack the mind of the bride of Christ. And God is saying, I have a way out of it. The door is open, but you will have to choose to walk out and say full stop to all of that. Full stop. I'm not coming back in. I'm not, I'm not making any deals. I'm not bartering with these things that are bringing anxiety and chaos into my thinking, into my belief systems, into my mind. It's slowly chipping away at the truth that God is good, that he's for me, that his plans are for my good. Because when I'm friends with fear and anxiety and I allow that spirit to build walls to protect me, guess what? It has authority to keep the fear on that side. <laughs> and what I've done is boxed myself in with fear. And we're like, okay, how are we going to protect us? The very thing that came to torment us. The very thing that came to torment us. I, I, have, I have boxed in and, and trusted with my future. I've, I've, I've brought it into my life. Into, it's become my stronghold. We, the stronghold of the love of the Lord is where we belong. The stronghold of the goodness and of his character is where we belong. The stronghold of the Lord is where my soul, it's where my spirit is, is made to dwell. But this stronghold of fear, when fear, when we believe that fear works for us, that it will protect us, that it's, it's, giving, it's given me a way out. It's helped me to keep myself safe. It's protected me from people hurting me again. We'll allow that thing in, then all of a sudden we're, our, our new master is fear. And I wonder why. Why can't I think straight? Why am I feeling panic again? Why am I having these anxious feelings again? And that's when the Holy Spirit reveals these things that work for you and are comforting you actually are here to destroy you. These things that you've put in charge of protecting your heart from relationships, from being hurt, um, from um, letting people in, from um, it, and those things come from all kinds of legitimate reasons. But I want the Holy Spirit wants to show that the Holy Spirit is faithful. Jesus is faithful. He is our protector. He is our provider. He is my stronghold. He is my shield. I'm tucked into him. In Romans 8, 15 through 16, it talks about being enfolded into God's family. Enfolded into God where we'll never feel orphaned again, 
We are literally enfolded into the very being of who he is through the Holy Spirit inside of us. We are enfolded into him. And the only true thing that the enemy has is to get us to believe, I don't really think God is your protector. Because if he was, how could that have happened to you? You know, if I was your protector, I would have kept you out of that because you would have had instincts to do go somewhere else or do something else. You would have had... Um, you would have, it's the, it's the false thing of discernment. You would have had, um, instead of discernment, you would have assumption, accusation. I know what people are thinking. I know what they're capable of. And all of a sudden, fear becomes that voice. It's not discernment of the Holy Spirit anymore. It's that voice of fear who's there to torment you. That person you can't trust. Those people you can't trust. That church you can't trust. They're showing signs and behaviors just like the other people who hurt you. The Holy Spirit doesn't sound like that because the Holy Spirit actually sees people as they are, not as they behave. The Holy Spirit actually comes to transform our minds about who we are so we can see people in their true light, in the light of the sun. It actually restores our heart in a way to where we can see ourselves as whole, healed, set free to where people, even when they're broken, and even when they, they're broken, that we're not intimidated by them. We don't try to um, outperform people. We're not intimidated by people. We're not afraid of them because we start to actually have mercy for them and compassion. In Romans 12, 2, I love the, it talks about be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's one of my favorite verses. I love the Passion Translation. I'm going to start in verse 1. <laughs> Beloved friends, what should be our proper response to God's marvelous mercies? To, sur- to surrender our, yourselves to God, to be his sacred living sacrifices. And live in holiness, experiencing all that delights in his heart. For this becomes your genuine expression of worship. I love that. What's our response to his marvelous mercies? Of course it is just to give ourselves to him. Of course it is just for our lives to become an expression of worship. Of course it is just to simply believe that I am who he says I am and believe that he is who he says he is. (laughs) Verse 2, stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of your thinking. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. But be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. The first point I want to make here is you cannot transform your own thinking. 
<laughs> you cannot do it. Be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. You cannot change your, the way you think without the Holy Spirit. <laughs> it doesn't matter what you do or how diligent and disciplined you are. You can, you can create habits in your life, but it will not transform your mind. A transformation of the mind heals it. A transformation of the mind heals every fractured place, heals every place of torment, heals every place of trauma. Transformation of the mind. It doesn't look like it used to anymore. And we need the Holy Spirit for that. And this will empower you to discern God's will. That's where the discernment comes from. So if the Holy Spirit transforms my, my thinking and my mind, and that transformation makes it look like it no longer was, it's healed, it's whole, I'm delivered from all of those things that the enemy tried to use for evil, but God intended for good. I'm healed and whole. And the result of that is being empowered to discern who God is, what his will is. So if my discernment has become accusation, if my, discern, if my discernment is this false thing, then my mind has actually been transformed, not by the Holy Spirit, but by a spirit of fear. By a spirit of another kingdom, and they have a whole lot of different names. But only one name gets, clears it all up. We only need one name to clear it all up. So who cares what their names are? Sometimes it just helps us to identify what we're partnering with. Only one name, Jesus. One name clears it all up. One name. And those other things lose their power and their authority through the one name. Jesus. If my thoughts are chaotic, if I'm, I'm having all these, it's like I can't even think. It's like I'm not even the same person anymore. I don't trust anybody anymore. I'm afraid. Even in my relationship with God, I'm afraid. I'm afraid to do the wrong thing. I'm afraid when I do the right thing that maybe it wasn't the right time. All of this fear stuff. It's a good indicator that there's another voice that I'm leaning into. Another voice that I've been deceived that could be God's. And today I believe that, that the Lord is, wants to come in his love and his mercy and deliver us from every other voice besides the one name, Jesus. Besides the one voice of love. I'm going to tell you a story and then we're going to wrap up because I want to give us some time to pray. And look. Look, God's going to come. <laughs> He's going to come. And for some of you, it's going to be like, could God have really have done anything with that? <laughs> we think that people need to fall on the floor and foam at the mouth to be delivered from things like this. But listen, Christians are tormented all the time. 
And it's that shame that we're not allowed to like be weak and like mess it up that keeps us bound. So don't you, don't you allow the voice of shame again to keep you in your seat when it's time for you to stand, to keep you um, from confessing with your mouth when you, when, if you feel led to do that, to keep you from getting what God has for you today. Because that's not the voice of Jesus. And that's not what the voice of the bride should look like. When we we went to um, the the Pride Festival, I love we love we love the LGBTQ community, and we um, uh, we go in June to the Pride Festival in Indy, and um, <clears throat> we have a group. <coughs> excuse me, we have a group who goes, and um, we just love on them. We have a tent, and we. We bring people in for spiritual readings. <laughs> and, you know, we go covertly. Say, you know, Paul said, be, be all things to all people. <laughs> we go in in the name and the authority and the power of love. And the Holy Spirit is on our side. And we go in and we allow the Holy Spirit to do what, what he does and what's in his nature to do. And we do what he asks us to do which is we owe no one a debt of anything but love. And so we allow Holy Spirit, we create a safe place to, to look and ha- have our spiritual eyes open to see people as the Holy Spirit already sees them. We allow our spiritual ears to be open to hear the thoughts that God has towards them because he has a lot of thoughts and all of them are good. So I don't know if you knew that this morning, but he has a lot of thoughts about you. He has a lot of thoughts about our transgender community. He has a lot of thoughts about um, our homosexual community. He has a lot of thoughts about um, all of those people that would never come into this building. And all of them are good. And so we open our spiritual ears to hear what God is saying. and, um, And then we just tell him. And, you know, they're coming in. They don't know what the source is, but they experience the source. <laughs> because there's, it doesn't matter if they know, if they're saved, if they believe, if they have faith or not. When I carry a kingdom inside of me, and the authority of that kingdom is love, where I go, the Holy Spirit rests on me, and people experience and encounter that kingdom. And so and underneath that tent, it's like an open heaven. It's like the kingdom of kingdom of. Love is reigning, and when people walk, they're just drawn to it. We'll have a line the whole day, and they're coming in, and we're looking at them. And I'm telling you, it's easy. It's easy to hear things about them that you've never known. It's easy to get the the thoughts of God. It's so easy because love, the the love is so high. And I'm telling you, these people um, come in, these beautiful people, and they open their hearts to us in ways that I've never even seen people in a church do to me as a pastor. They open their hearts and their lives, and they honor what you have to say. And they're hungry. And so we, we, we do that and we love people. And I had, um, I was partnered up with somebody that's been doing this for, for decades. And, um, 
and they were the one who were, were how, will lead, teach people and, and before they go to the Pride Festival because there's a certain amount of grace and there's a certain amount of, um, of, of love that you, that you have to understand to be able to go into those places and minister. Um, we don't say Jesus' name. Um, we love. And people encounter love, get healed, get set free. And it's incredible. And when the Holy Spirit leads... You know, we lead them to Jesus, but that's not the main point. The point is creating a safe pace for people to encounter love and let God do his work. And it's been beautiful, and we see it happen time and time again. And I was partnered up with someone who's been doing this for decades while they're in their, their late 60s, 70s. And so we... Uh, um, we do it, do it in teams of two, and they have, like, kind of some rules, um, and they don't like to, to, to have more than two people at a time come with us. So they'll come and sit, and they'll ask us, and we'll just look at it and be like, oh, you know. Um, and we, we're, we're hearing things from the Lord. We're being prophetic. We're hearing God's heart for people. So we'll hear things like, oh, you're an artist. I can see that on you, you know. And they're coming in, and, and so... These three people come in. It's two moms and their daughter, and they come and sit. And and um, the person I'm with is saying, "No, we can't do three. We can't do three. We only do two. But they just come. They just don't listen. They just come and sit, anyways." And he keeps saying, we, "He's looking at me like we can't do three. We only be two. And and I'm just like, "Hi." <laughs> oh my gosh! And I just go. You know, I start going for it, and I'm talking. To, and the the spiritual atmosphere is like so crunchy. It, um, it's like, you're just like, it doesn't feel super, um, super good. And so I'm, I'm going, talking to the one and I'm just, you know, um, prophesying and we're using creative names that are all names of Jesus, you know, you know, the, the spirit of light, the spirit of love. And so we're talking and and I'm doing that, and they're just all just sitting there stone cold at me. And I'm talking to the one mom, and then I talk to the daughter. And then the other mom was there, and her, she kind of had a hood on. It was over her eyes. And then she looked up at me, and her eyes were black. You know, people have contacts like that, so I wasn't, like, scared or anything. But they were just, like, black. And I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit just was just on me in such a way because I'm not smart like this. And it was the Holy Spirit literally speaking through me. And what I knew, I knew that what was looking at me was not her eyes. There was something looking at me that was not her eyes and it was trying to intimidate me. And it was looking at me and she looked mean and mad and looking right at me. And the Holy Spirit just knew what to do and I and I was like, oh, wait, you know, I just see on you that you, you there is, um, that you have power in your bloodline. And that there has been a lot of um, spirituality that's been in your bloodline passed down to you. Do you, see, do you see spirits in the night? Do you see spirits? She said, yeah. Mm -hmm. And what I knew, but 
what I was using creative language for. What I knew was that she had a heritage, an Indian heritage, and um, and that there were, you know, chants, all of those things. That thing was passed down almost like prayers but from the other side, you know, passed down this gift to be able to uh, discern spirits and see things and and that, that, that they were really demons showing up t- for, to her as her relatives and things like that. And they worship things in nature, invite those things in. But I knew that it was actually um, something that was tormenting her and keeping her up and giving her anxiety and all the things that the spirit loves to do um, of fear. So um, I start saying, you have all this spirituality in your line. And, it's, and it really is, you really do have a gift to discern these spirits, to, to identify them and know what they are. But, but And you see your relatives show up. And, and I'm saying, but these are forces that are meant to harm you. They want to distract you from your real purpose. And you have a really great gift, and it's not being utilized in the way that it was meant to. And today, what I want to do, if you're willing, is every single spirit and voice that has been calling out to you in the night, that has been speaking to you that you've heard, we want to quiet all of those spirits and actually just pay attention to the one spirit of love. And today, what we're going to do, if you're willing, we're going to um, come into um, this this special form of unity, a realigning, if you will, of your energy with the energy of the spirit of love. And if you're willing, we'll do that. And the only voice you'll hear from this point on is the spirit of love. Are you ready to do that today? And she said, yeah. And so, so I walked her through a prayer um, of realigning her that she would only hear and only listen to and only respond to and only be um, acceptable and influenced by the one spirit of love and that every other spirit w- was leaving her. And all of a sudden her eyes turned a- a bright and light, light came in her eyes and she smiled and I could see her. I could see her real eyes, and there wasn't any kind of weird stuff that happened. Just the thing left. It was a realigning with love, and she didn't even know who the source of love was. But she encountered it, and, and every time we asked them, what are you experiencing? Are you experiencing? Have you ever experienced love? Because we carry the spirit of love, and it wants to show itself to you. And people are just like, yes, I, I love, I feel it. I feel this overwhelming, I feel peace. I feel, I feel warmth and tingles. I feel like I'm being hugged from the inside. And they stood up and went. We blessed them. They stood up and went. And I was like, what? I didn't even know how to do that. And he was like, I'm so glad that we did that. Because when they came in, after all my years of doing this, I had never experienced such, um, like, physically feeling like a demonic attack when they walked up. And I wanted her to leave. And I was very angry because I didn't know, I didn't know how to do anything else but just, like, what I know to be deliverance. And be like, Jesus, you know. And, like, I wanted to just, like, cast this thing out of this girl because it was making me real mad. And, and then you just started going, and I'm so glad that we did that. It was just like a really beautiful thing because that was my first time ever going and, and just trusting that the Holy Spirit inside of us that we partner with knows exactly what to do. The Holy Spirit, like the Bible says, leads us. It really, really leads us into all truth. We can trust Jesus. 
We can trust his spirit inside of us to lead us into all truth. And I believe he wants to do that today for us. And I don't want you to think that if you're experiencing anxiety and fear um, and that you respond to that, that everyone's going to think you have some kind of demon. But what I do believe is that there are voices calling out to us and they're not all Jesus and that he wants to silence every voice so that we hear him in the whisper, that we hear him in the stillness. And that when um, in that stillness where he rests at, that we're going to actually say, be still and know. We're going to, in the stillness when it comes, we're going to know that he is God and who he is and what he sounds like. When the stillness comes and the peace comes and then opposition comes up against that stillness and peace, we're going to say, I know who God is. I know what he sounds like and your voice does not carry his character. And so will you just stand with me this morning and I'm just going to release a simple blessing over you today. All right, so I just want you all to close your eyes. I just welcome you, Holy Spirit. Welcome you, Holy Spirit. Welcome you, Holy Spirit. Welcome you. We welcome you. We welcome you to call out from the inside of our innermost beings as your children. In Romans 8, 15 through 16, the Passion Translation Paul says, you did not receive the spirit of fear that leads you back into the fear of never being good enough. You didn't receive that spirit. You did not receive the the spirit of religious duty that leads you back into the fear of never being good enough. That is not yours. You received the spirit of full acceptance. (laughs) that enfolds you into the family of God, where you'll never feel orphaned again. This is the word of God that I'm saying over you. You received the spirit of full acceptance that enfolds you into the family of God, where you will never feel orphaned again. And his spirit partners with our spirit in saying the precious words of affection, beloved father, And the Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us as he whispers to our innermost being, you are my beloved child. He's whispering to your innermost being this morning, you are my beloved child. That's the spirit of full acceptance. You're mine. You're mine. You're mine. You're mine. That's what he sounds like. He says things like, you're mine. Darkness, get out of my way. He says things like, that's mine. She's mine. He's mine. That's my beloved. That's my child. He says things like, I I fully accept you right where you are as you are. I fully accept you. and And will you allow my love to go deep in your innermost being and actually alleviate the pain that everything else outside of love has caused. 
that everything else outside of truth in your belief system has caused you. You were mine. I was in the store and I was with my little girl. She's throwing a temper tantrum in the cart. She's throwing a temper tantrum and even everything in my emotions, everything in my, in, in my emotions, in my humanity, wanted to go through the routine of what you do to get your child to behave. Now, we don't spank our kids, but we do have, you know, we make a mind. And so I'm, I'm sitting there and, I, I, and everything inside of me is like, I got to make her behave. But it was like the voice of the Holy Spirit. But what if you didn't parent her through shame? What if you didn't make her behave, but you actually enjoyed her right now? What if you enjoyed her like I enjoy you? And, and she's just in the cart and she wants to stand up. She wants to dance. She wants to stand up in the cart in the front. She won't go down and put her feet in the little things that hold her and keep her safe. She wants to stand up in the cart and dance. And so she's crying because I keep setting her down in the seat. And so I pick, you know, I have things to do. I'm trying to Christmas shop. And I, and I just hear the voice of the Lord. What if you didn't parent her out of shame? You didn't parent her out of priority. But you just, you just, you just, be, you just were with her and you enjoyed her. And so I just sit there and held her hands and I pressed her cheek to my cheek and I swayed back and forth with her in the shoe aisle. And I felt the sweet presence of the Holy Spirit. I felt the sweet presence of God like I do when I'm on my face and his love comes in the room. I felt the sweet presence of the Lord like I felt when I felt the Holy Spirit grab hold of my hands and nobody was there. I felt the sweet presence of the Lord like I feel when I've done a 24-hour fast and I've been in his face and in his presence. I felt it just by turning my delight and my affection towards my child in obedience to what he was saying to me. That is the spirit that cries out to your innermost being. That is what his voice sounds like. He delights in us. He sees our need. He delights in us. He sees what we were made for. He sees our heart. And he doesn't shame us into behaving. He doesn't shame us into, and will us into being fit into a mold. But he delights in us all the way through the process. That is the spirit that calls out to your innermost being today. That's what his voice sounds like, full acceptance. And he's offering you that same mercy, that same love to you to distribute to your own heart today. Don't just rely on Jesus to fully accept you, but will you believe that you're fully accepted? And will you extend that mercy over your own heart? Will you extend it? Will you say, yeah, I'm going to receive your mercy and now I'm going to look at myself mercifully. I'm going to begin to delight in you and I'm going to begin to delight in who you made me to be. We just receive your full acceptance as you've adopted us as your children to where we will never be orphaned again, where we will never be in, removed from receiving the inheritance of heaven that you've promised us. We just jump in your arms and allow you to delight in us in this moment, Jesus. We jump into your arms and allow you to delight in us, good Father.
the Lord is going to release his stillness in the room. There's going to be stillness that comes. Stillness over your mind. Stillness over your emotions. Stillness over your will to want to move forward to something else. There is stillness coming through the Spirit of God right now in this moment. And the only response is to fully receive his acceptance. If you have been experiencing chaotic thinking, anxiety, fear, trouble trusting, attack on your belief of if you hear God's voice or not, not really sure if it's your own thoughts or his thoughts. If, you've, if you have been experiencing pain in your body, pain in your heart, problems with blood pressure, migraine headaches. Inflamed joints. Back and shoulder problems. Just weak bones and pain in your bones. This morning, the Lord is offering his love and acceptance that has the power to deliver you from those things. If you're experiencing any of the things that I said, 
I want you to touch your own heart with your hands. And I'm going to say it with you. I want you I want you to become aware I want you to locate within yourself within your, where your spirit's at. I want you to become aware of your innermost being. What, what are you experiencing when, when you say that? When you, when you're, is, is, your, is your heart exploding when you say that? Your innermost being. I want you to become aware of the real you. That you, that this is just a body. You see that when you, when, you, when you go to a funeral. It's just a body. That's not me. The real you. Your innermost being. I want you to speak to the real you. And I want you to say this with me. Spirit, spirit, be realigned with the voice of love, with the spirit of love. Every other voice, every other spirit, I no longer am listening to you. My spiritual ears are attuned to the voice of love my spiritual eyes see the spirit of love. My spiritual mind has the thoughts of love. My spiritual being has the health of love. And I release you from the authority that you've had in my life and I turn that authority over now to the spirit of love, to the one named Jesus. Holy Spirit, have your way in me. Sit on the throne of my heart. This is your place of worship. The stillness is going to come now. I'm just going to walk through and just... Pray for people who are standing. Thanks for listening to Revive the World Ministries podcast. Join us each week for another message and listen to past messages by visiting us online at revivetheworld.org.